We're going to do something here together that we've started doing together as we look at the scriptures. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? And I'm going to read aloud to you from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I think what I'm going to ask you to do in this moment is reflect it back to me as I'm reading. So I'm going to read a phrase and I'm going to ask you to reflect that back to me. And hopefully that will help it seep into us, not only in our lives, but as we go out to serve again today. So phrase by phrase, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I love, I love that verse. It's one of those verses that really the first time I ever heard it, the first time I really reflected on it, it captured my attention. And it speaks to so many different things about the gospel and it gives us some key angles into the gospel as we prepare to go and serve today. We heard within those verses, we heard within those words, one powerful gospel promise that we often see pictured in the baptistry when we are baptized and when we bear witness to baptism. We say we're buried with Christ in baptism and we're raised to walk in newness of life. Now that reminds us of the gospel that so many of us have celebrated and claimed in our lives, the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God in our lives. And one of the great things that happens in baptism is that when people decide to follow Jesus, and then they decide to follow Jesus in obedience and baptism, they're bearing witness to us again and bearing witness to the world of what Christ has done in their life. And of course, the thing we celebrate that Christ has done in our life and that we've heard from the very first time that we heard the gospel is that Jesus has begun to heal our relationship or has healed our relationship with God through his death and resurrection, through his sacrifice on the cross. So through all of our propensities towards sin, we've created a separation in our life, in our relationship with God, and we've created brokenness in our relationship with God that we can't heal on our own. We, 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 because of our propensities towards sin, we have created what could be an eternal separation from God. And Jesus, through his sacrifice, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has done something to heal that, to create mercy, to create grace, to create forgiveness, to create reconciliation. We hear Jesus on the cross even saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. To them that are there crucifying him, and to all those beyond. So we know that in that moment of death, burial, and resurrection that we have been eternally healed and reconciled to God. But there's something else that happens here that's pictured in baptism. It says we're buried with Christ in baptism and then raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. So in our giving of ourselves to Jesus, we are somehow mystically beyond that moment united in the way that he gave himself to us. 
So Jesus is crucified and we are crucified with him. Jesus is raised to newness of life and we are raised to newness of life with him. And that speaks to something else that happened on the cross that had to do with more than forgiveness. It had to do with freedom. Because if you read the New Testament closely, what you see is that when Paul talks about sin, he's not just talking about our sins, the things that we do that would break relationship between us and God. We hear that when Paul says in Romans, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we've created that separation in that way. But Paul over and over and over again also talks about sin, not just as something we do, but as a power over us. almost a person over us, that sin is a power. Paul Paul talks about the powers and the principalities and that what happened on the cross is that Jesus somehow did something to overcome, to, to destroy, to break the clutches of the power of sin on our lives, to create a freedom from that power so that we're born into this situation where sin has a power over us, it has a clutch on us, it has a grip on us, that we could never get loose of on our own. But somehow on the cross, Jesus has overcome that, overcome the powers of sin and death, and through his resurrection, proclaims victory over all of that so that we can be broken free of it and can live in newness of life. Not just beyond the grave, but right here and right now. What Jesus did on the cross is not just about what happens to us after we die. But it's about the life we live. And this is what Paul says. And I want us to focus on this phrase in this moment and throughout every moment of this day. The life I live in the body. It's a key phrase that we can can gloss over really quickly. But Paul says, the life I live in the body because of this. I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I, but, but, but Christ lives within me. And now the life I live in the body, I live by faith or by the faithfulness of the Son of God. The Christian gospel and the Christian faith has always been first about the life we live in the body. It's always been about an embodied faith. It's not about some spiritual disembodied thing that happens out there in some other place. It is about an embodied faith. An embodied faith. And Jesus shows us that from the very first moments of the gospel. The gospel begins not just at the cross, it begins at the incarnation. So what we see in the incarnation at Christmas is we see God coming in flesh and blood, in body. It's an embodied faith. Emmanuel, God with us. And then we see Jesus throughout his life growing in wisdom and, and, and insight and, 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 and maturity and then living out that faith in front of us and calling us to live that faith as well, an embodied faith. And then we see Jesus taken in body and, 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 and brutalized and crucified on a Roman cross in body, literally dying, literally physically dying for our sins and to overcome the power of sin. And then a few days later, we see Jesus, not in spirit, but in body, being raised from the dead. We're risen with him. And then we see Jesus, not floating around in spirit, but in body, going from person to person, hundreds of people, testifying to the power of the resurrection and commissioning us to live our lives in the body for Christ. 
And then we see Jesus at the end of the gospel embody ascending into heaven. Not in spirit, but in body. I'm I'm repeating this so that you will understand that the Christian faith from the very first moments until now is about the life, not only that Christ lived, but the the life we live in the body. It's about the life we live in the body. It's not about less... It's not less than about what happens after we die, right? But even even then, ultimately, our ultimate hope is a new creation. beyond, Beyond even heaven, it's about a new creation where we're all resurrected in the body. And there's a new heaven and a new earth. It's all embodied. It's about the life we live in the body. It's about the freedom, not just the forgiveness, but the freedom that we have in Christ in the way that we live in the body. And so there, there are many ways we can illustrate that. I've got a few stories I could tell, but for time's sake, I would say, here's the story I want you to focus on today, the illustration, the ultimate illustration of it. The, the, the story of how you live it out today. That's, why we're do, that, that's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing. We're going from this place where we're worshiping in body and then with our hands and our feet and our hearts as we move out of, around the church and out into the world, we're, 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 we're demonstrating and actualizing the faith and the life that Christ has given us to live in the body. And that doesn't stop today. You know, we were not redeemed to live our faith in the body on Serve Sunday. We're crucified with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life with Christ so that we can live our lives in the body under the Lordship of Christ every single day of our life, testifying to the love and mercy and grace of God by all that we do in every interaction, in every relationship. That's what governs us. So when you go from this place today, I want want you to think about what it means every step of the way. Practice the presence of God, what it means to live out your faith in the body. It's not just about what happens out there someday, right now, right here, in the body. One of the ways we'll be inspired to do that, hopefully, is that as we leave here today, we're going to participate as we go to serve in the the central act of worship that Jesus gave us and asked us to do again and again and again so that we can be reminded of what he's done for us and what we're supposed to be doing for him as we live our lives and live out our faith in the body. And and not not so ironically, that central act all revolved around his body and how we embody that body in the world. We remember as we go from this place, that moment when Jesus, the night he was handed over to suffering and death, took the bread and gave it to them and said, friends, this is my body, which will be broken for you. Take, eat, do that in remembrance of me. We'll do that as we leave in a moment. Likewise, after the supper, Jesus took the cup And he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins.
Drink from it as often as you do in remembrance of me. We will receive the body and the blood of Christ as we go with hopes that we will also be carrying the embodiment of Christ with us as we go to serve Christ in our world. Let me pray over you. And then after I pray over you, um, the quartet will lead us. But you're not meant to sit as they lead us. The moment you hear the first note, that's your invitation to begin moving toward the doors, toward the exits. And then you'll receive communion as you go and as we serve. And hopefully you remember the instructions that Connie drilled in earlier. Friends, let me pray over you. Jesus, we are so thankful for the gospel. You saw us, you loved us, you desired us, you pursued us, you became like us so that we could become like you. You taught us You shared the life, your life with us. You shared the gospel with us. You became the gospel for us. You have invited us into your life so that we can live that life into the world for you. God, help us never to take that for granted. Help us never to take for granted your love and your grace in our lives and and the power of the Holy Spirit that you have unleashed into us, the power to free us from the powers of sin and selfishness and entitlement so that we can live and walk in newness of life, being physical embodiments of your gospel in the world. God, as we literally receive the bread and the juice. Help us to remember that we have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer we who live, but you who live within us. The life we live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Bless this bread and this cup as we receive it. And our service today as we give it in faith. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.